Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm joined by my brother, Dusty. Dust, I have a question. I don't know if we've ever spoken about it, but do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> no, actually, well, I, I'm going to say a little bit yes and no. I believe that there probably are ghosts. There are things like that. But I think that if anything that, in like not thinking of Ghostbusters, but in general, in real life, if there was anything supernatural going on, it'd probably be like a demon or something like that. Not necessarily a ghost, like a person floating around. But anyways, what about you? What do you think? Are there actually ghosts? Um, I believe anything's possible. Aliens, ghosts, whatever. But I've never seen one, so I don't really believe in ghosts, you know? <laughs> I've never seen them either. I've only no. seen good movies that show off really good ghosts, like this one. That's right. Yep, yep. Like this one. What's better, Ghostbusters or Ghosts? <laughs> that mean the ghost of the movie? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> with <goodness>. Demi Moore. <laughs> I know oh this my. is way better than that. I would never watch Ghost again, I don't think. I don't think I ever watched it. I think I might have saw like part of it or something. It was just ridiculous. And I think I would I, I had been like 12 or 13. I'm like, this is boring. Why don't I watch yeah. this crap? <laughs> yeah, because it was basically a love story is all it was. And when it came out when we were younger, screw the love story stuff. I want action, comedy, uh, commando, that kind of stuff is what I want. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I am so glad we got to do Ghostbusters. Now, I remember the very, very first time that we ever went to a drive-in was watching Ghostbusters. It came out in 1984. I was born in 79. So I was like five years old, maybe four and a half, five years old. I was scared out of my mind, especially that librarian that comes out where they go, get her. She goes, ah. Yeah, for I was sure. like, oh my goodness, that is yeah. so scary as a four and a half, five-year-old. Yep. You know, I do not remember that at all. I'm, of course, I remember the movie, seeing it a hundred times growing up. I don't remember going to the theater. So my guess is, you know how... Uh, it's really easy to remember like traumatic experiences in your life and they really do affect you. This probably, just like you said, it scared the crap out of you most likely. And that's why you remembered. I was only two years older, but I don't remember it at all, man. I remember being so scared. I didn't want to watch the rest of it. Like when Slimer popped up, I thought it was kind of oh, green and I went back down. Like I think I probably <laughs> tried to sleep through it because I was so scared. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've done that plenty of times growing up as you know, when we were little. Um, a scary movie, you you just try to close your eyes and go to sleep. Yep, hundred percent. Hey, so thinking of drive in, going off the top of Ghostbusters, are there any drive ins anymore? I mean, people don't even remember or know what drive ins are, but those were so much fun. They were fun, and I think I've heard of one like near Fresno in Madeira. But other than that, I don't think there's anything, at least in my immediate vicinity. What about you over there in Arizona? No, I, I mean it, it, it would only be able to be functioning like three months out of the year. It's so hot. You'd have to just have your car right. running. But for anybody who doesn't know what a drive-in is, it's literally a big lot of like maybe like say five acres. And there are huge screens that are – they're like three stories tall and like uh, football field wide, maybe smaller, maybe maybe like like 50 yards wide, but huge. And then there's a center building that projects out the movie onto these huge screens. And then you tune your car to actually listen to what's being played in that movie. And so what's interesting is you could be watching one movie and then turn your head and see an entirely different movie playing. And 
you're sitting in your car. If you have a truck, you have your tail bed open and they have ramp, like each, each stall has a little ramp that you can park your car and it kind of elevates it the front end a little bit. So you can kind of recline. It was so much fun. And then you could go get concessions and they had video games and everybody's walking around and, Oh, it's a, it's just something that's sad that is missing now in America. For sure. For sure. It is. And uh, we would often go in like in our dad's truck. You could you back it up. You'd have blankets and uh, uh, pillows and sleeping bags back there. That was more fun than sitting like forward facing in the seat of your car. You know, the the the, uh, the trunk is the best place. Absolutely. Not trunk. What do you call the back of a truck? Tailbed. Tailbed. There you go. The tailbed yeah. of the truck's the best. Yep. Yeah. But you said tune in your radio. I, back in the day, I don't think you could tune in. Every car used to have a metal antenna sticking out. So you would actually take a, a, a wire and hook it to your antenna. And that's what got it into your car. That's, I remember that now. Or they had a little box that was literally a speaker that you could, you one of the two. <laughs> you could actually hook that onto you and you could turn on this, turn on the sound. Now it wasn't Dolby digital surround sound or anything like that. It just, you actually just heard the, you know, the, the, radio waves you didn't get any bass or anything like that unless you had a car with some good good speakers and good bass in there but yeah so that was super fun but i remember watching ghostbusters because it came in 1984 at the movie theater and so anybody if you have a movie theater not movie theater uh a drive-in anywhere near you i recommend going at least one time it's usually fun but i don't know how many people are actually doing it nowadays because we have tablets we have netflix and all that sort of stuff but um yeah so let's get into ghostbusters i i remember watching this when I was really young, but I've seen it so many times. My first question, which character out of all the four Ghostbusters do you identify with? Uh, Egon. Yeah, I'd be more likely than more likely to be Egon than anybody. Like he's a scientific mind, thinks logically, thinks through problems, comes up with solutions. Ray is super over eager, loves the spiritual stuff. Um, Winston kind of doesn't believe in anything at first, and he's kind of like standoffish, but then he gets in it, you know. And then Venkman's uh, uh, a party animal kind of fun guy to be around and I'm not necessarily a fun guy to be around. So it's Egon for me. What about you? <laughs> it would have to be Bankman out of, out of all four of them. I kind of, the reason why I'm not like Ray, I, I am a little more like Ray in general, just because, you know, he's, he seems a little more fun, fun loving and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Bankman's much more, eh, more jerkish, I guess. Uh, but, yeah. um, so I guess I'd kind of be in the middle, but the reason why I'm not like Ray, I am not smart. I absolutely know that. And Ray is very, very smart. He could do all that sort of stuff. And that's not me. So I lean more towards Venkman. Venkman's more the leader, more the, the person that's like that outspoken person. And that's definitely more my personality. Now I try not to be a jerk like, like uh, Venkman, but um, out of all of them, I'd say I probably identify with him the most. Now I, I really enjoy the, um, the character play between all of them and everybody watching this. I want you to, if you have Netflix, watch the, uh, the movies that made us TV series or the, the the show series. And they talk about Ghostbusters, very, very entertaining learning how they made Ghostbusters, how it might not even have been called Ghostbusters, like ghost exterminators or something like that. All that stuff is really, really fun. What are your thoughts? I, I 100% agree with you there. Really fun movie and a fun little like 30 minute documentary. And the whole idea that like Bill Murray's kind of a free spirit and you just don't know if he's going to show up to work and they were kind of happy or not happy. I mean, they were very happy and ecstatic when he actually showed up to work on the first day and actually got his job, you know, was working and stuff. And he's always been that kind of free spirit. But yeah, I, I do recommend watching that uh, movies that made us uh, as well. But I have another question for you. You talked about the heroes of the movie, those characters, which is your favorite? 
favorite spook, specter, or ghost out of the movie? Oh, um, I'm not, I'm drawing a blank. The only one I could think of is I love Rick Moranis and his, he's the key master. I really, I just, I, I just love his character. At first, when I was younger, he, like the character irritated me, you know, being all dweeby and stuff like that. But as I'm older now, I just really appreciate it. I just love his character running around and all that sort of stuff and sniffing and, and you know, talking to the horse. I was like, no, oh, that's just fun. I, Rick Moranis is very, very funny. So I would say out of all of them, I really, really like the um, the key master. Gotcha. Good, good. I think my favorite is Slimer and maybe because um, of the cartoon as well, which I watched occasionally, but Slimer took a big part or had a big part in that cartoon. Um, just like, you know, any when you make a movie about Pocahontas, you know, uh, the major things are the animals that Pocahontas interacts with. Well, in this world, Slimer, the ghost was more important for for cartoon watching kids, you know. So I think Slimer was it. Plus, maybe he was the first one in the movie that we see. Plus, he got to slime Vankman and all. Oh, you slimed me. Classic line from the movie and stuff. But maybe my number two, number two, is uh, the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man. I love that character. Yeah, that's a fun, fun way to introduce a bad guy. I mean, they don't see that very, very often, especially a, what, 300-foot Stave Puff Marshmallow Man? That was brilliant. I love that. And the whole storytelling aspect of it, obviously, we, we're you know, ghosts running around and all that sort of stuff. They, they do a good job helping us to understand how and why and all that. And so that was great. And it's just fun, the interplay between all the, well, first the first three. And then Winston, when he comes in, he, he adds a more common sense type of thinking to the group. So I really enjoy all four of the characters as they play together and as the story goes along. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They work really well as a team. They each have their own strengths. They were perfect uh, to, to to be the Ghostbusters like this. And and uh, one thing that really struck me was that, or not was, it's always been that Ghostbusters theme song. That might be one of my favorite theme songs of all time. You know, maybe because we heard it at such a young age and it sticks with you, you know, something strange in the neighborhood. Who are you going to call Ghostbusters? It's so catchy, but I still love the theme song. It's a fantastic theme song. And it's who are you going to call? It's like, like, it's like a raw, like a, like a, uh, a raw raw like everybody get together let's do this that's Who's right Buster? It is, yep. you, oh yeah it's and it it's just nostalgia you know it brings, mm-hmm. brings you back to when you're a kid and i was thinking of you know with all four of them playing together all the, the different actors did you know that eddie murphy was actually supposed to be part of the cast i'd heard that i think from the made movies made Movies, movies that, that made us. us. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, he was going to be like the Dr. Bankman character, like the, 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 um, uh, the jerkish type of person. But I think he was, he was filming something else or he had something, but then they put everything else together. And I really like, um, um, Egon's character. Now, uh, what's, what's, what's the actor who played Egon? Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. So he plays that character so well, you wouldn't tell that he is actually a very, very funny guy, very out, out seems outgoing, but um, uh, very, very fun loving guy. You could, you don't really see that in the movie. So he does a great job playing that character. Yeah, for sure he does. And that's maybe uh, when you see him in Stripes and he's a totally different kind of person, still comedic in a sense, you know, not in a sense, definitely a comedic movie. But yeah, he's a great actor and it's too bad he's passed now and he can't be in the next one, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, with, which uh, just like you said last week, I'm really looking forward to the next one too. Did you, yeah. you didn't watch the trailer, did you? So I got to admit, I watched 
there was like a two minute trailer and I was like, what's Ghostbusters? I didn't know there was a new, another movie coming out until I saw this trailer. You uh, did it? Oh, no, I did it. I've heard about it like a year ago. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I was like, what is this afterlife thing? I clicked on it. I see Paul Rudd talking. I was like, and you don't see anything about Ghostbusters like in the beginning. And then as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this is a ghost. Oh, shoot. Then I fast forward just to see, like, I want to, I want to know just a yeah. little bit. But I didn't watch the whole entire trailer. But I, I saw like a kid, you know, flumming through some clothes, and it, you see one of the outfits. Like, oh, cool, it's Ghostbusters. It's and, yeah, good. Yeah. So I'm hoping, and I think probably, I mean, Dan Aykroyd's still around. I know Bill Murray. He's probably not gonna. Uh, I don't think he's part of a writing part of this. He might be in it. I don't know. But um, I don't think Bill Murray writes stuff, does he? So what's funny. And interesting is Bill Murray was actually a writer for SNL before he was an actor. So he's definitely a writer, but I think he's big enough now where he's like, I'm not going to write anything. It's not a passion. I don't, I'm assuming, you know, he'd rather be playing golf, you know, at Pebble Beach yes. or, or uh, uh, what was the other Or one? crashing um, a bar mitzvah that he doesn't know and just partying with the, with the kids and the families there. You know, he exactly. does that kind of stuff. <laughs> he does. Now I mm-hmm. would, if I was that, uh, that uh, famous, but um yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm really looking forward, but I watched a little bit of the trailer, so I kind of know just a, the the premise of it, but I have no clue about what's going to happen in it. So yeah. um, I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, so with Ghostbusters, there's so many great quotes, one-liners, um, things that that just uh, were off ad lib, like when uh, Bill Murray says, "I'm going to take Miss Barrett back to her apartment and check her out." Or I'm going to check out her apartment. Like he literally, that was a mistake. That was a flub that he did. He, that was not written in there. And he just, he played with it and went with it. And obviously that was perfect. That was gold because you know, that's what Bakeman was wanting to do. Check her out at her yeah. apartment. For sure. And those kinds of things. Like, I think when you work with a person like Bill Murray, uh, he's known for his improv right in the minute or in the moment improv stuff. So I, I guarantee Sigourney Weaver had a ton of practice working with him and just kind of, you know, you got to try to keep a straight face and, and maybe react as your character word would. And uh, because you never know when somebody like Bill Murray is going to hit comic gold or Will Ferrell in a movie, right? They just say this off the wall, weird stuff and you got to stay in character. Even if you don't have that improv kind of background or skills yourself, you've got to at least play along with it because you might hit comic gold. Like you said, same thing, like Caddyshack is one of Bill Murray's first, I won't say first movies, but earlier movies that um, the director said, hey, we need something with you. We need something more with you. We need you to improv something about golf. And he's all, I got it. And so he literally, that's when he's being the um, uh, caretaker is using his, it wasn't a club. It was like a, a tool, like a gardening thing and hitting those flowers and knocking and saying, okay, he lines up for, he lines up for the shot. It's a, it's a once in a lifetime. Oh, and he swings. Oh, it's a miracle. Oh, it's in the hole. You know, that whole thing was literally ad-libbed by Bill Murray. And so, yes, you have to be ready and just keep playing with it. It's really, really great. Plus somebody that's comedic genius, like these guys, Dan Aykroyd. I don't think, I think Dan Aykroyd's, and I'm completely reading into it. I think Bill Murray is very good you know, um, improv stand up and like move in. He's very quick witted. I think Dan Aykroyd is very funny. Um, when it's, it's like he plans his, he's very funny planned wise. Same thing with Harold Ramis. Very, very planned funny. I could be completely wrong, but I just see that's the way it plays out. But yeah, you definitely need to be ready for any of these actors that are comedians to run with something and be like, Oh, that was brilliant and not screw it up. Yeah. For sure. You don't want to screw up that comic gold. Um, And I agree with you. I kind of have the same feeling, Harold Ramis and all these guys. 
they're really good with scripts, but who knows, like you said, they could be good improv, improv improvisers as well. But uh, you said, you know, uh, that, that really famous Bill Murray line, my favorite line of his in the movie is we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. <laughs> Such a classic line. I've used that so many times in life. <laughs> hey, anybody see a ghost? And it just yells it out. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, brilliant. And I've all, and I think this is where I learned it. I've always wanted to grab the, the, uh, uh, tablecloth and yank it as hard as I can to make sure the flowers are still standing. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. And then every time I do that, even if it's like pulling a napkin out of just a fork, I say the flowers are still standing every time. <laughs> nice. So I also, yep. so there, there's a lot of great actors in there. And you think of one that is in the movie that's really, really short. And he's the only kind of like uh, uh, antagonist is uh, Peck. Uh, Walter Peck, you know, the EPA guy, which I personally don't like EPA. I mean, I, there's just their agency itself. I mean, he's given them a bad rap or a bad name. So I'm like, I don't like EPA because of Walter Peck. But the, the guy that played the character, he's I, I'm pretty sure. And I, I remember watching the uh, uh, movies that made us and it had him in it. He's like, that's that's not necessarily his personality, but he is good at playing jerks. He's good, like yeah. diehard. He's good at playing that part. And so he plays it so well. You hate him in this yeah. movie, just like in Die Hard. You hate that character. Yep, for sure. He nails his part. His name is William Atherton. Been in a ton of different movies. And uh, yes, I agree. You always, when you see him in a movie, just about every time he's a bad guy and you love to hate him. Oh, yeah, real sure. genius. Real genius with Val yes, Kilmer. The professor. Oh, he's a fantastic jerk and he's great at doing it. You're right, Professor Jerry Hathaway. I was thinking somebody else. My bad. Got You're 100% right. Thanks for thanks for pulling that one out. Oh, real genius. Let me write that down on my list. That's another good uh, a good movie. So I like real real genius was fun. And so he uh, Atherton, you said right. That's his yeah. name. Uh, very very funny. Another one uh, it just got me on the trail. And so I'm glad you're going to write down real genius. That's a fun movie to watch. Another one because it got me down the train of of other characters or actors. So got Atherton and then real genius. Then you got one of the best actors ever, Val Kilmer. And so thinking of um, top agent or secret eight. No, shoot. What was that called? Top secret. Top secret. That's another great movie. Val Kilmer. Now Atherton's not in it, but you got Val Kilmer, which is great. So I'm thinking we have to do some Val Kilmer movies because he's, he's <laughs> absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the, the characters in this and seeing um, Winston, well, what was uh, Winston's, uh, the actor's name? I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, don't man. worry. If you find, okay. as you find it. But yeah, so mm -hmm. he's great in the movie. I think the, all the casting, like even Sigourney Weaver, I didn't know her beforehand. And obviously we now, we did, we know Sigourney Weaver. She's been on plenty of movies, um, Alien and all that sort of stuff. She did great. And even the secretary, I can't remember her name. She's Annie great. Potts. Annie Potts, yeah. So man, it ever, all around, but the best character in it for me is Ecto One. I absolutely <laughs> love Ecto One. That was brilliant. I mean, it got the got the um, the fire station. That's brilliant in itself. Having the fire station, that's like a character in the movie. But then you also have Ecto One, which is basically another character in the movie because it's so iconic. You have to yes. remember Ecto One mm -hmm, for sure. So I take it that's your prop you would take home from the movie. So. I'm torn. So ah. I really like Venkman. And I think if I were to pick one, I really love Ecto-1, but it's just rather big. And it's just rather, <laughs> wow. Like, whoa, you you actually have Ecto-1. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's almost like an unbelievable type thing. What would be cool is Venkman's outfit, the jumpsuit with 
the uh, uh, proton pack or the, the um, pack. nuclear uh, accelerator or whatever he calls mm-hmm. it on his back. That is what I would want. Plus the goggles, you know, the goggles that would come down that Ray was wearing. I would want all those three pieces. I got you. Yeah, mine, my idea was just a proton pack with the, of course, with the handheld gun, wand, whatever you call that too. I yeah. thought it'd be Slimer. I thought you would want like literally like a bunch of slime. I'm sure they have that. Well, I would imagine they have it, but foam latex eventually rots away. So I don't know if they actually have Slimer still preserved. Yeah. But that would be cool too as well, you know? Yeah. So yeah. if I, I, I really wanted Ecto-1, but I was thinking that's just over the top for me and it, just my collection. I, I'm a little more of like not knickknacky, you know that. So it's like, what is what would fit really, really well and be a very iconic Dr. Bankman's outfit with a proton pack. For sure. I love that. Uh, what is your favorite scene from the movie? So I always, rem- there's so, it's hard to pick because easily I'm going to go ahead and say this is an A plus movie for me. I've watched it uh, at least 30 times, 40 times, maybe more. Easily. And I, oh, you can watch it over and over again. It's so hilarious. So good. Um, and so every single scene, it's just, it's just brilliant. I really, really enjoy it. I would have to st- like maybe go backwards which is my not favorite scene? Cause there's so many great scenes and you think of which is my not, fa- which is the one that I actually fast forward. It is literally well, what scene. If I say ghostbusters, what scene pops in your mind? It is. That might not be your favorite, but what's the first thing? The first thing is the hotel scene. The very first time they go after Slimer from beginning when Slimer slimes, um, uh, Bankman, and then they go into the ballroom. And that whole entire scene in the ballroom, that's yeah. what I think of when I think of, and somebody says Ghostbusters, my mind immediately goes right there. Gotcha. Yeah. So that probably is your favorite scene, maybe? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Mine is um, basically the introduction of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. The idea that these demons or ghosts or whatever are able to turn uh, an idea as wholesome and as fun as the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man into something that could destroy New York City. That was pretty cool. And then just seeing it eventually once uh, once they destroy Gozer in that tower and the flames go and it she explodes and Walter Peck gets marshmallow dropped on him. I mean, the whole, all the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man stuff. I think that's what, uh, when you mentioned Ghost Busters, stay puffed pops in my head. And I, I love that. And, and having the thought of having a writing in the script, stay puffed marshmallow, man, who thinks of that? Yeah. That is just I don't know. great stuff. And well, I, it was, I think from uh, movies that made us, wasn't it uh, Dan Aykroyd that came up with that idea? I think so. And Harold Ramis. I think like they, mm, in the together. collaboration, they're working together. Um, yeah. So, what I also, and again, everybody, if you like Ghostbusters, you have to watch this you know, movie that made us um, about Ghostbusters, great and brilliant. And I remember watching this thinking, the special effects in this is just, it's, it's hit and miss. Like some look really good. Other ones like, man, that looks hokey. It looks horrible. But what was interesting was they had to get it done in a certain time frame. And the company that was doing the special effects, they would get it done and it'd be like a rough cut. And they would send it to him. They say, good, put it in. And because they didn't have time, they couldn't make it even better. Because some things I'm like, oh, I can see like that doesn't look right or that looks bad. But hey, Mm -hmm. it's 1984. What are you going to do? And so now because everything about the entire movie was so good, so funny, so everything, you completely say, ah, no big deal. Let's move on. You're absolutely right. You're fine with it. You accept it now. Back then, I think we probably accepted it as well, right? Um, But you just now said it was 1984. What are you going to do? I'm thankful that they've never pulled a George Lucas and taken out the old film and then updated the special effects and then added new stuff. That's ooh, that's such a bummer that he did that with the original trilogy. So we don't want to ever see that with this or Clash of the Titans or 
I, whatever classic movie that you Sinbad in the Seven Seas, you know, we don't want to see that stuff updated. No, no, no. I, I completely agree. In fact, I, I never saw the updated version of Star Wars. I'm not a big Star Wars fan. I know there might be a lot of people that are big Star Wars fans. Obviously, everybody, if you listen to anything that we've done on Star Wars here, I think the most recent stuff is literally garbage. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even do anything. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to give any more time thought about it. But I guess it also stemmed from, eh, in general, Star Wars isn't the best. So did you actually go back and watch it and see what it was oh. with the new changes and everything? For sure it did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So did <laughs> yeah, it look absolutely. so were the special effects that good or the fact that they're tainting like were they that bad and or was it the fact that they were tainting the original? It was that the original is so good and so classic and so loved by me and by most Star Wars fans that it serves no purpose in going back and changing it. You know, it's just like uh, George Lucas had a bug up his butt saying, hey, I can do this. Ah, let's do it then, you know, and maybe I, I, I doubt money was his thing because I think from for, because, of course, he made a ton of movie by redoing these and re-releasing them in theaters and then on VHS at the time and then DVD and stuff. Right. But. I think his whole thing is he's a perfectionist. He wants to do the best job he can. And the technology back then wasn't as good as in the late 90s or whenever it was that he redid them. And they're definitely not as good now. But I don't want to see anybody. And South Park did a great episode where uh, they made fun of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg going back and changing Star Wars. And then what happens if you go back and change Indiana Jones and all this kind of stuff, too? I'm going to have to watch that. So, I mean, a quick side note. South Park is brilliant. Those guys, Trey, uh, the writers as well as Matt Stone, and Trey Parker, they're brilliant, and they I gotta watch it because anytime there is something that is um, South Park does that, it, just in general, they're always pe- poking fun at things that are going on. Uh, I just love going back and, and and watching it, so I'm gonna have to check that one out because they are brilliant, just like Team America, one of Matt Damon's best acting roles <laughs> ever. Um, yeah, yeah, I just I gotta go watch. I'll go watch that one. So yeah, that's cool. Now, yep. if they did ever go back, and I think it's just dumb. I. It, It'd be better to actually do it. Not gonna say do it right. May I'm hoping and really hoping that the next movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife, is really, really good in a sense. Like part two of Ghostbusters is really, really fun. It doesn't stack up to part one, but it was really, really good in my opinion. Um, I did enjoy it. I did like how they got Statue of Liberty, all that sort of stuff. That was rather enjoyable. Um, but I'm really, I'm. Ca- I think everybody's going to be very super cautious going into excuse me, Ghostbusters Afterlife, just because we don't know what, like, they could literally butcher it and it could be a horrible remake, yeah. not remake, but like, uh, you know, a third to the uh, to the series. Yeah, let's hope that's not the case. I'm going to go in with the best, with hope for the best, for sure. So did you know that they didn't have the name Ghostbusters locked down because it was taken by a whole nother company before, like they started filming, they were saying Ghostbusters, they were doing everything and they didn't even have the name. They could have just had to like literally trash all that stuff. Did you know that? Yeah, well, from the show that we were talking about, the Netflix show for sure, yeah. And what a crazy idea. Like, that's the kind of thing that doesn't happen nowadays. When you come up with a new idea, a new property, right away you go to godaddy.com and you search the name and you do do a search on Google, all that stuff to see who has that name possibly before you. Yeah. And what is really interesting is the head over the the movie company that was producing Ghostbusters, I think it was like Ghost Outsters or Ghost Exterminators or something like that because they couldn't use Ghostbusters. They were producing the movie and making the movie and everything was going right. And they, the guys filming it said, we're just going to go with Ghostbusters, but they didn't have the rights. Well, the guy that was head over the entire company 
was encouraging them. Yeah, keep going, keep going. We're going to try to get the rights for Ghostbusters. And they kept trying, kept trying. And the company, I can't remember which company it was that had the rights for it. They were not giving it up. Well, what was really, really interesting in the time of making the movie, the guy that was over the movie Ghostbusters, Ghost Exterminators, I think is what it was called. They, he either got fired or moved to another company and got another job. Well, it so happens he got the new job at the company that owned Ghostbusters, the rights. And he just said, okay, here you go, guys. Just take it. And so he gave it over because it was his baby. You know, he wanted to see it happen. They were fighting for it. So I thought that was rather, rather fun. It's like um, uh, serendipitous, I guess. Like he got done from one job, got over another and just said, here you go. Yep. For sure, was serendipitous. You're right. It's it's who you know too, and obviously the creators of the movie, the producers and everybody, they had a good relationship with this exec. If they didn't have a good relationship, well, he would have put the kibosh on it. No, you can't have the Ghostbuster name. Now you got to go through and change signage and change scenes and re-record stuff with ghost exterminators or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so the the whole movie is so much fun and entertaining. I'm smiling every single bit of the way. Now, I would say I'm going to jump into my Monday morning quarterback. So what is your Monday morning quarterback? And I'll give you mine. Peck should not have shut down that nuclear reactor thing that he had no idea what it was. There's obviously ghosts. These guys are obviously catching them and storing them somewhere. No matter what, shutting that thing down could not result in anything good, right? It's not going to make the city safer by shutting it down. So no, learn what you can about it, put an injunction, stop them from doing anything else, and then do some research before shutting it down and ruining everything. And here's what's interesting. Peck still believed that it was all a light show. They're making it all up. There's nothing real to this. And so... Because at the end, you know, officers, they, it's it's all, you know, t- oh, sorry, he was talking to the mayor. You know, they, they're just, it's a figment of their imagination and they're making it up and all that sort of stuff. And so he didn't believe it was real. So here's my thought. If you, as Peck, do not believe it's real, why do you need to go down and shut it off? Like, what's the big deal? But leave it on. If it's not real, why do you need to shut it off? So all that combined, yeah. it's just like, that was like, he he is, this man has no dick. <laughs> this is really yeah. what it comes down to. <laughs> Great line um, from the movie is, look, dickless here, shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So Love my it. Monday morning quarterback is that Gozer, the main bad guy, should not let anybody pick what his or her form is to be. Because if you can just set a torch to State Push Marshmallow Man and he just, you know, is gone, it's like, what's the point? But I do understand that they crossed the streams and shot it at the door and the door made it blow up and all that sort of stuff. But Gozer should absolutely should have came back as like um, uh, Optimus Godzilla. Prime. The, yeah, Godzilla or, or the Optimus bad Optimus Prime, Prime like, or Megatron, like a 300-foot Megatron that you literally cannot <laughs> take out. That's right. Good call. Good Monday morning quarterback right there. Um, my And related to that whole end scene right there, my my first lesson is when somebody asks you if you're a god, you say yes, for sure. Great life. Great lesson right there, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, how many times has somebody asked you that, Sky? Never, never. <laughs> but I'm prepared. I'm prepared. <laughs> uh, so I, the first lesson I have is always have your poker face on. 
always, especially when you're negotiating to buy an old, dilapidated, going to fall apart, structurally inferior fire department or fire station. You need to have your game face on. Not come down saying, hey, this is so amazing. How, can we pay more? Can we double the price? Like, we just got to yeah. get it. We don't want to do that. We need to have our game face on. And so you pay up the wazoo when you don't have your game face on. And so that was twice that Ray screwed up with money. So he's definitely not good with money. With buying the car for 30, what was it? $3,600 or something like that to buy this car that needed like a rear end, a transmission, Rakes, an engine, like yeah. everything. But he was so happy with it. And uh, Bankman's like, oh my goodness. Yep, yep. So yeah, I always have your game face, your poker face on when you are buying or selling. Good life lesson right there. Uh, my second life lesson is always look before you leap, or in this instance, look before you shoot. So they're all scared. It's the first ghost encounter. They have their brand new po- proton packs. They hear somebody creeping out of the doorway, and then they fire, and it's the maid blowing up her car and almost killing her. You got you to gotta at least watch. I know you're scared, but look, determine, then fire. Yes. Uh, so I, my personality, is, and I, I have to hold myself back. I'm a ready fire aim type of person. Like, like uh, let's just do it. Let's just we'll we'll fix it as we go. But yeah. I have to hold myself back because I know that's not good. Just mm-hmm. like um I and I this is not part of my lessons, but I love how we have the all three guys are going walking through the hallways before they see Slimer and you got the two, you know, um Ray and um um uh, Egon, they're walking with their you know, the the proton packs or the, the the ones, and they're just like really on edge. And they, like you said, blow up the my mate's cart. But you see, Vankman, he's he's he hasn't lost his cool. He's just walking around. Just that, I don't believe like that's right. Exactly, he is, he's just walking around. Just, his arms, like he's not tense at all. He's literally like, Ugh. and he's just kind of like, yeah. yep, what's going on over here? What's mm-hmm. going on? <laughs> I thought that was. Yep. And then when you see Slimer, he just like Ray. <laughs> is looking right at me. He can hear you. <laughs> so <Yeah>. good. <laughs> so great. Stuff. My second lesson is persistence gets the girl. Even if she tells you to go away, keep going, like keep being persistent until you get a restraining order. That's when you back off. But you want to be persistent, just like Bankman did with um. I can't remember what what, what her name. What's the character's name? Sigourney Weaver's character. Anyways, oh, Bur- Barrett. Dana Barrett. Barrett. Dana Barrett. Barrett. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So he you're going after Dana Barrett. He's very persistent, patient at the same time, you know, backed off, got on TV, got. So if you're trying to get your girl, be persistent, get on TV and you be famous and then keep going after her. You eventually win her over. Yep. Yep. That's right. Just like in basketball. First, we get the khakis. Then we get the job. Then we get the girl. <laughs> right. Yep. So but my third lesson is the exact same. Persistence pays off. Right. And so like these guys, if you think about Ray, right, he was into the occult, loves the spiritual stuff. Maybe I never saw a ghost, but believed in it. And he's, you know, followed it this whole life, owning a cult bookshop and then ghosts come. And now he's in there part of it, saving the day, you know, busting, uh, busting ghosts, I guess. And also at the same time, um, I found out from an interview with Dan Aykroyd on the Joe Rogan podcast. Dan Aykroyd grew up 
in the occult, not in the occult, but with his family believing in occult things and seances and ghosts and stuff. And that growing up in it and being a part of it and believing it yourself turned into one of the biggest movies or him creating one of the biggest movies of all time. And you know what's rather interesting? I didn't know anything about the names like the the Babylonians or the Samaritans or um, the Hittites, um, all that sort of stuff. I didn't know anything about that growing up. But then when I was like a sophomore, junior in high school, I became a Christian. And then I started reading the Bible. And now I've literally read the Bible a dozen times, like cover to cover. And we re- literally read the Bible every single day, every single night with our kids. We read the Bible all the time. But those names are literally Bible names. So if you just go in the Old Testament, open up the Bible, you can find names. And the like when he talks about like the Hittites and whatever name is in there, I remember those names as I would now watching it again. I'm like, okay, I know those names. And so that was rather fun to uh, tie those together because growing up, I thought, oh, they made up some neat names. Those are yeah, made up. For sure. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of them did sound made up, huh? Yeah, but th- those are literally um, names that are in the Bible. But now, so my, I'm going to give you a lesson that is outside of my other lesson. So my main lesson I'll give you just a second. But a big lesson is don't dabble in the occult. Don't do any of that sort of stuff. I mean, it, if you don't believe it's not, if it's real, sorry, if you don't believe it's real, don't do it. If you do believe it's real, don't do it. It's just in the end, everything, any single movies ever taught us, the occult is bad, evil stuff. It's going to come back to bite you. They're not good things, good people, good spirits, all that sort of stuff. So stay away. So that's yeah. a side lesson just for everybody and everybody. So my main lesson is anytime that you're going to leave your apartment, take your keys because your door is locked automatically. Like think ahead. If it happens one time, Never let that happen again. Always hide a key or put it in your pocket or do something like that or not let it lock on you when you leave your apartment. Yep, for sure. Rick Moranis is, is, he is secretly one of the best parts of this movie. Not secretly, like quietly, right? Like everybody thinks of uh, Egon, Ray, and Venkman, and of course the ghosts and stuff. But Rick Moranis killed this role. He absolutely love, love, love the character and how uh, flighty, not flighty, that's not, I don't know how that, you said dweeb earlier. Dweeb, yeah. But like in the party, when he's just talking and saying, and he's talking to a person, and that's why I invited clients instead of friends. Hey, do you like the dip? And I was like, <laughs> uh, right. so, oh, I thought I was a friend. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, be so oblivious. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep, loving it right there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, we already talked about props, right? Favorite scene. Is there anything we failed to mention? I think the only one is the ending with the, um, the uh, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, Gozer and everything. Honestly, it was a little, other than the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, that was great. But Gozer, the, the, the form itself, was almost anticlimactic. Like, it was leading all up to that. And then all of a sudden, now, don't get me wrong, Stay Puff was great, but it was literally like, two minutes of the entire movie. It was like, oh man, it could have been a little more or a lot more in a a battle or something like that. It was like, let's try once and then try again. And then now go to the, you know, across the streams. It was, it was, it was a little, uh, anticlimactic, anticlimactic. Yeah, I got you. But other than that, uh, I agree with you there, but I still give it an A plus and I'm sure you give it an A plus too, right? Everything, yes, absolutely. Even though it's a little anticlimactic, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man puts it over the top. I mean, that's just, yeah. it was just <laughs> like, who thinks of that in writing a story? Let's do that. Yep. It's just absolutely. And did you catch that there's a billboard that in the movie, it was probably maybe like 
half the way through, there's a billboard in one of the cities, like the cityscapes. You can see it says Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. It's like a really faded, faded, um, outdated billboard. Did you notice that? I don't think I've ever noticed it. I This was the very, very first time I ever noticed it. It's like, oh, hey, look at that. Because it's hard to tell because it's not like in your face, but it's 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 whitewashed. It might be in like on the side of a building instead of a billboard. But I remember seeing it was like, oh, look at that. It's a little foreshadowing. Cool, cool. Yeah. So uh, anything else before we close this puppy out? No, I think we're good. Cool bean. So this movie was your choice and a really good choice. I'm glad you chose it. I'm hoping my movie note choice for next week is good. It's a movie that's going to hit theater soon. It's kind of a follow-up to a movie that was terrible. So we're going to go see and learn from Birds of Prey next week with Harley Quinn, another DC movie. What do you think about that? Apparently you haven't learned any lessons watching these movies about DC Uh, and how the movies are. Well, I'm hoping. So if we think about the past couple movies, right? Shazam and Aquaman and Joker as well. I think DC's kind of learning their lesson. I think they're progressing in their movie making skills. So I'm hopeful this will be a good one. I don't expect it to be good. I'm hopeful it will be. So I'm going to go into this with, how about let's do this. You watch it first. We'll plan on watching it. You watch it first, just like with Joker. And you call me and say, dude, don't watch it. It's horrible until you can save me my life okay. from watching it. Gotcha. Oh, recently, I saved you again from that, right? All all the talk right now is about Parasite potentially winning Oscar gold. You know, the best, 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 uh, best motion picture of the year. I went and saw it and you were going to see it. And then I te- texted you once again and I stopped you from watching it because it's just a downer of a movie. Sure, it's got a good story. Sure, it's got good casting, good acting. Um, it's a beautiful movie. But really, you're just going to be bummed out and depressed at the end. And what fun is talking about a depressing movie on a podcast? That's not. It's absolutely yeah. not fun. <laughs> I, and so I, I really like great cinematography, great storytelling, great, you know, all that acting, all that sort of stuff. Like 1917 had all that. Plus, it was a good story, you know, and it may, I wouldn't say it makes you feel good at the end. It's just like it's not a huge downer. You feel like you're the weight of the world is on your shoulders. When you, I yes. hate leaving the theater with feeling like that. I'm like, ugh. But for some weird reason, people love it now. Joker's like over a billion dollar movie. And you just come out depressed at the end. Yeah, worldwide, over a billion. Yeah, stupid. Crazy. Okay. That's that's not for me. Other people are different. So that's just not for me. Okay, yep. So next week, Birds of Prey, everybody. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks for those eyeballs as well. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. All you got to do is send them to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 86. And then please leave a comment there. Let us know if you uh, came up with any life lessons that we didn't or a better Monday morning quarterback than ours. All righty. My name was Sky, And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with... Sky's going to watch Birds of Prey, and if it's good enough, he's going to tell me to go watch it, and then we'll do that show as well. That's right, buddy. Bye.